Today's episode of Bitter Units is brought to you in part by the American Homebrewers Association. The AHA has a host of benefits for joining, including discounts at over 2,500 beer businesses like breweries, bars, restaurants, and homebrew supply shops in the U.S. and worldwide. You'll also get access to discounts on many brewing publications, award-winning homebrew recipes, and expert advice. Go to bitterunits.com to learn more. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. It's been a couple of years since we've had any sort of hauntings. I think we're good. We make beer there now, so I'm pretty sure the ghosts are happy. Welcome back to the latest edition of Bitter Units, a beer podcast hosted by the tailgatesociety.com. Breaking news, if you haven't noticed yet, we now have our own feed. You can find us individually as Bitter Units on all of those places you get podcasts from that I'm not going to name them all because there's a bunch of them, but we're there. Just look up Bitter Units and you'll find us all by ourselves. Uh, you can still find us at thetailgatesociety.com as well, but we just thought we'd try to make it easier for you because if you're like me and dumb, you need it to be easy. We have, as usual, a special guest with us again this evening, and it's not JT. Tim, tell us who's with us. Uh, this week, we are delighted to be joined by Taryn Winnie of Dubious Claims out of Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Taryn, you can find on Twitter at Tarzan Nozi, I believe is still what his, his Twitter handle is. Um, but uh, we thought we'd have him on, talk a little bit about a couple different Dubious Claims beers that he was kind enough to share with us and, and learn a little bit more about Taryn and his history. So Taryn, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you all for having me. It's uh, it's honestly a, uh, a joy to be here. Um, I, I special guest feels a little bit too much. <laughs> honestly, if I'm, if I'm being honest, like I am a guest. Sure. Fine. I'm down with that. But special. All of our guests need to are reserve special. That for some like, I sure i guess to you guys but in I, their own I, way I, that word and me mm. but yeah so no thank you all for having me seriously it's a it's a it's an honor being here um really excited to just get a chance to talk with you guys so Sweet. awesome excelsior springs missouri tim do you know anything about excelsior springs I have actually driven near Excelsior Springs <laughs> on my way down to Kansas City. It's uh, uh, hey, hey. it's just, close enough, right? It's it's like just east of of Kearney, right? Yeah, which yeah, actually that's... Kearney is where I'm from oh, okay. originally. Perfect. Well, yeah. sort of originally, but anyway, no Excelsior. So to dive into the history of the town for a second, and I'm not from there, so like, forgive me, all you Excelsiorites who are gonna fucking. <laughs> you know, ban wall me, flame, whatever, whatever's going to happen for this, but was known in the the past for its miracle waters. It's 
springs of Excelsior, of its life-giving springs. And that was the whole thing. So they had this old historic town and uh, hotel called the Elms Hotel, which, you know, Al Capone, old presidents, all these people stayed at back way back in the day. And um, which was what gave Excelsior Springs its sort of like fame and fortune. And then for, you know, the entire time after the, the forties, when we found out that we learned out that water wasn't actually miracles and you couldn't just bathe in water and be fine for the rest of your life until tourism started happening again back in like the, you know, early aughts, late tens, whatever decade we are in now, because the pandemic means no time exists in any way, <laughs> shape or form that we can acknowledge. Uh <laughs> Really, just sort of, uh, it, it's picked up again, and they've they've sort of revitalized the downtown area. But well, I think isn't the hotel can, isn't it a haunted attraction? Very much so, and they yeah. actually sell out certain rooms for an exorbitant amount of prices because you can stay in rooms that are certified haunted. Yes, yeah. that's that's what but I thought. Those that are listening to the podcast, I did do air quotes. But <laughs> certified quote unquote, haunted but yeah yeah no because it's it's uh i believe part of town is in the county that my father was born in in ray county missouri and i believe Correct. the other half is in yeah. clay county missouri you guys um, did your homework i'm impressed <laughs> well i you know i'm from that area originally um my my dad grew up in hardin Missouri, which okay. is not too terribly far. We went through this a lot with Jeremy Danner, <laughs> who's from Lexington. So yeah. Yeah. small. My condolences. <laughs> small, not about uh... the Jeremy Danner, about the hard Missouri. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm no. I think I, I like that. We're gonna We're start gonna cut uh, that right out. Maybe. Just David, when you're editing this, cut <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Please right just. Out. Let me insult one of the biggest names in Kansas City Brewing community as one of the youngest. So that's definitely go over well for my my career in the city. Yes. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I what is it about towns of Excelsior? Because like Excelsior, Minnesota, is on Lake Minnetonka, where Charlie Murphy could purify his body in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Apparently, if you're on a naturally <laughs> purifying body of water you have to be called excelsior well i mean i mean the word excelsior does mean like life and those sorts of things so like i think it just sort of it might be more people sort of felt rejuvenated around those bodies of water for whatever reason and then they got named excelsior as opposed to the other way around but I am not a history nut by any means, so do not apply any sort of weight to what I'm saying. No, I like how this suddenly became a podcast about the the etymology. <laughs> yeah, of, the etymology of town names. You no, know, it's totally. This is totally what it's about, right? <laughs> etymology well, units. That's the name of the podcast that I'm on, right? That's, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and move on from that then? I guess, and give you a chance to talk a little bit about yourself oh that is uh what do you what do you all want to know i mean that's that's the question right like i, well, could, what... I could talk about that. literally anything honestly well and... you're you're from carney or is that what you said in a way yeah I, I went through sixth through senior year sixth grade through senior year here um but i've kind of i, I mean i'm 
Kansas City, born, raised, and three or four generations behind. It's just we weren't here for my formative years, which kind of makes it its whole thing. But um, <laughs> no, Kansas City's home. It's it's home. You know, you kind of always just end up where your 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 bones are, right? So how how did you get into brewing? I man, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought you you you've talked on Twitter about being uh, an engineer or something like that. Yeah. So um, my whole undergraduate thing and Missouri born and raised all that, all that jazz went through the university of Missouri and Columbia. Um, I have an industrial engineering degree. So manufacturing process engineering basically is the, the gist of things, making things in bulk, which eventually worked out in brewing because, you know, mass production and all that stuff. But um, some friends I made in college were super into more of the homebrewing thing. And that was sort of what got me into beer production. And obviously once you hit that point, when you're, you're 21, you start tasting beers that aren't, you know, hams or stag or PBR or whatever that you have unlimited access to. Yeah. When you're 21 and when you're Aaron, you wait until you're like 41, but yeah. Well, yeah, of course, right. But like, we all we all hit that age at a different age, right? It's, it's just one of those things that happens. But um, some, go ahead. Some people need training wheels until they're like fourteen. It's fine. Yeah, that's for sure. I needed mine a little past that, but uh, no. So they started both introducing me into the the more like, hey, you can actually just make beer. And then also, here's what beer's like when it doesn't come out of a you know, a twelve hundred can per minute manufacturing line, which, for the engineering side of me, is a super interesting process and all that stuff. But for the creative side, I really I dig digging into the the recipes and all those things, and sort of like clicked with me in a way. Um, so I graduated from college, got the job. I ended up working for a subsidiary that was contracted to work in the Harley Davidson facility here in Kansas city. So the small part side of manufacturing on a Harley Davidson line. So putting all the little like wids and doodads together for the handlebars and all that stuff to go eventually on the bike. I was in charge of quality and manufacturing on that side of things managed about four months of shift changes between days and nights and middays and back to nights and all that jazz went, Oh no, this is the worst. (laughs) How do I not do this? I like beer. I like drinking beer. I kind of remember that some of the things I did when I, you know, home brewed beer. What does that look like? That's, that's a process. I can manufacture that and just, started applying to programs and eventually got into a program out of uh, Philadelphia through the university of the sciences of Philadelphia. Um, it's their fermentation brewing science program out there and on the west, on the East coast, East coast. Yeah. And within a week heard back, it was the second year of the program. So they were pretty much just accepting anybody with any sort of, higher education and blood that was still warm. So (laughs) 
And at that point, they weren't expecting anybody from anywhere outside of the Philadelphia area, but packed up all my crap, moved out east, and set up shop there for a year and a half. Went through their accelerated brewing science program and got really freaking lucky with knowing somebody through the, uh, actually through my sister, who was in charge of the, are you guys familiar with the new Guinness facility in Baltimore? Yes. I guess it's not technically new, but like they put in a 10 and 100 hectoliter system out east that allows them to do the American Blonde Lager and just a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like really interesting American style craft beers that they can sort of dig into with the Guinness label, but not necessarily, you know, the Ireland Guinness team. Well, back when that facility was becoming a thing, I got really lucky to know somebody who was going to be the plant manager for that facility. Got a internship interview with them and got to study under Peter Weens and Holly Stevenson. Oh, awesome. So some people who are just really freaking knowledgeable in the brewing industry and just, it was just a, a basically a hodgepodge of steps of, okay, I want to do this thing. Well, no, then I want to do this thing. Then I want to do this thing. And I just happened to learn from some people who have been in the industry from Peter Wins, who was with Budweiser for over a decade and eventually started his own brewery and then worked for Guinness is now worked for them for a long time as they're like, I not even head brewer, but the step above that, like brewing manager or head of brewing. I can't think of his exact title. Sorry, Peter, if you're listening to this, that you are. I'm uh, no, I'm I'm sure he is. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. I, and then very much a loyal listener. Who is the head brewer, but who was even more hands on in my education? Who is a freaking and can I cuss? I've I've oh, cussed. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. By all means, is a freaking badass. Like, is just that's a, not even cussing. Enough, yeah <laughs> yeah but like i don't know i already like did earlier and i was like i probably should clarify as we get into the show like i know we're all very much like attuned at the industry and all that but it's you know sure sure no. stepping out of the actual brew house where i have to cuss every 45 minutes to make sure everything runs right yeah but, exactly um but no so freaking badass taught me literally everything i know to this day still about you know cleanliness and making sure everything's actually, you know, edible, <laughs> drinkable, all those things. And just got really lucky with every step that I've taken and then moved back to the area for home and just looking for something in the industry and got really lucky happening into dubious claims because they were just opening up and have been their head brewer ever since. So that's awesome. So was this? That was a full story. Sorry about that. You guys <laughs> no, asked no, like, no, that's fine. That's, I was that's... just like, hey, let let me just give you everything. So no, that's why it's a podcast and not a radio interview. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah, fair enough. And uh, all of that boring shit, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. It seems like there are a lot of frustrated engineers in the brewing industry. So that's not a story altogether unfamiliar. I mean. To be fair, they're just a lot of frustrated engineers. So that, that's not a that's an un, that's not an unknown quantity. So, yeah. so when when you started at Dubious Claims, did you know anyone there, or was that just you saw yeah. a, a position and applied? So I actually got 
Real lucky. I'm from the area again. I'm from Kearney, which is like the town over from Excelsior. And my parents, God love them, and so do I. I was like, hey, I probably need to figure out where I'm going to end up after this internship. Like, might end up back home for a little bit. My dad going, I don't know about that. <laughs> instantly. And made a connection through just literally walking by the open doors of this place in construction of dubious claims. Gave my card to the, the guy opening the place and was like, my son's looking for a job. He has an engineering degree and a brewing certificate, like master certificate. Please talk to him. So he doesn't move back home. So <laughs> just like, and then emailed the guy the next week and eventually had a phone conversation. And within a week of me driving back to Kansas city, I had the in-person interview and the job offer. Nice. And so it worked out great with timing and all of that stuff. And eventually there was a month there where I was painting walls as opposed to brewing anything, but I I painted walls before any sort of higher education, so it's it was a fine thing. But well, that's cool. Just so... got really lucky, and a a parent who was persistently not wanting me. <laughs> so thanks, Dad. Yeah. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I've been doing it now. I've been at Dubious Claims basically for three years now, just a little under a, a month. So. Well, hey, no, I look. I Aaron is trying to get his kid a job, and and she's not even old enough. She's eleven. <laughs> you can't start early enough, honestly. I uh, don't feel like it's... I. Th I think she can carry a fifty-pound bag. So <laughs> that's really it at that point. Like, I mean, it's less than she weighs, so she ought to be able to do it. She weighs sixty-seven pounds. I know or something plenty of like people that. over fifty pounds who can't carry a fifty-pound bag. So, like, it has to work the other way too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would think. You would think, right? <laughs> so, the obviously, then that place is the brewery, and in around three years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how how big is the brewery? Well, official open date was April twenty-six. That was a soft open, two thousand eighteen. So, and then brewery size production at a time, we're a five barrel brew house. Um, we've actually expanded like sitting capacity. It's in the old historical district of Excelsior Springs. We've, we've taken over two old buildings and we've moved into a third since then, since we've opened up. So um, it's, it's a, Honestly, the owner, Neil Wilkerson, and obviously I probably should have mentioned him earlier at this point. Sorry, Neil. Uh, <laughs> sorry, boss. Um, the guy who writes my paychecks. Is, is that whose who's picture is on the logo as well? Then I that take it? It's very much whose picture is on the logo. <laughs> that is very much a caricature of my boss, Neil Wickelson, who is the person who owns everything, who is and who's been the, the obvious financier. Um, but yeah, has done an excellent job with the, the renovations and stuff to the space. It is a amazing aesthetic inside if you're anywhere near excelsior springs please drop on by it is and obviously not when we're in a you know a pandemic and all those things where outside is dangerous and inside is even worse so um it's it's a wonderful aesthetic it's 
gorgeous, honestly. Um, there's some really interesting history with the old buildings, too, that we moved into, but I won't get into that right away. But um, It's not haunted, is it? It's very much haunted. Actually, one of the buildings that the uh, My wife is going to listen to this. <laughs> and be like, why haven't Sorry, we been there. to Excelsior Springs? Yeah. The whole town is, is freaking haunted, man. I'm sorry, Aaron. My namesake-ish. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's two of these old buildings. The one that is like the base of operations, the offices, the mill room, all of these things was a mortuary <laughs> oh, Jesus. Time. and there was this whole thing with finding some like old 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 formaldehyde formaldehyde i can't talk formaldehyde yeah that that word that was the <laughs> one that you just said formaldehyde uh formaldehyde bottles um and back when we first opened we had our we had our plastic friend skeleton sort of set up on the entrance side of the brewery where the, where the doors are where the street is and everything and he had not fallen but had been tossed and his head had rolled literally the entire length of the open restaurant to Holy the brew crap. house door oh no so and at this point though it's been a couple of years since we've had any sort of hauntings i think we're good we make beer there now so i'm pretty sure the ghosts are happy that's you know the angel and devil and ghost share that's what you do when you barrel age right yeah it's exactly. the whole thing it's the whole spectrum so <laughs> you see i'm the i i my one of the first stories i wrote for the tailgate society was i lived in a haunted house so i know what it's like stuff like that to happen not yeah. as crazy as that nothing threatening us with our heads rolling down the hallway or anything but oh. still I don't think it was threatening. I think it was just a party was what the ghosts were having. They just okay. like threw the plastic skeleton and it was just, it was just a good maybe, time. I mean, maybe yeah, they were wrestling. They're looking at each other. Watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, with the amount of people that probably processed through the mortuary, it's just a festival at this point. It's, it's a beer fest for the, the undead. There, there is another brewery that was a funeral parlor. At one point, there's a brewery Vivant in, uh, Grand Rapids that was a daycare that became a funeral home that became a brewery because that makes sense. That's <laughs> actually extra creepy. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually a gorgeous inside. If you can ever go yeah. there, freaking do it. I, mean, I love that. But I'm also from like the other time I spent not in Kansas City growing up was a small town outside of Grand Rapids. So the okay. fact that you just connected those two for me is like a weird like <laughs> I don't know if I love that, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Rapids is a great beer town. Oh, it's so phenomenal. And honestly, just a fun, fun place in general. But yeah, I don't even know if I've answered the original question that we were on. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Ago, but it doesn't matter. We that's what happens on this pod. We yes. Just kind of go off on tangents. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tangent, maybe November when deer season in Missouri opens and I come back because I usually do every year. My cousin who picks me up at the airport lives in Holt. Yeah. My and first I believe, girlfriend lived in Holt. So. I believe two years ago, I think it was when I came back, we went to a restaurant that is in an old train depot in Excelsior Springs. 
the old, which is technically the VFW as well. So okay, there yeah, you go. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that believe... is definitely that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that's where where we were at, but uh, yeah, if I tell him, I'm like, I know the head brewer. We can go to this brewery. Yeah, I'm guessing, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing we can make that trip. Please do, and also let me know ahead of time so I'm actually there. It's yeah, we have weird no, hours. I, 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 want... I work during the day when I don't have to deal with other people, but that's a whole other thing. No, I'm, so I'm just gonna show up and then be disappointed that you weren't there. Which <laughs> it, it happens to a lot of people, Aaron. You won't be in a, you won't be alone in that club. So, but yeah. So you said uh, five barrel system. Yeah, five barrel ABE out of Nebraska. Sure. Um, I think we're. I was doing some math because I was just curious when my, and this is just a personal thing, my 1,000th barrel will be. And I'm just under 900 at this point. Oh, between, wow. And the pandemic slowed everything way down. I would have probably hit 1,000 before, obviously, everything happened. But sure. uh, before now at this point. But yeah, so probably looking at that between may and june which i'm pretty excited about that's it's a weird arbitrary milestone for myself that i've set but like once the 1000 barrels i've brewed as the head brewer for this place is like my like goal at this point i just mm -hmm. want to hit that milestone and then it's like okay then i can think about whatever the hell sec is going on in my life but that's <laughs> that's the thing right now it's like i want to hit that 1000th barrel i don't know why I don't know in what way that will matter to anybody else but myself, but. So I, you guys are a full service restaurant too, uh -huh. right? You know, wings, pizza, Correct. all that type of things, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how many, how many beers do you usually have on tap then? Um, 14 One. to 16 usually. 14 to 16 beers on tap. We are at 17 right now. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. And that is just because of the the randomness that has both been the pandemic and just like moving through like seasonals and stuff and just some new things I brought on as we've entered the spring. So with contract brews and collabs and all of that. Well, yeah, well, shoot then for for a five barrel system. Yeah, no wonder you're almost at, at a thousand. You must be busy. Definitely, definitely busy. Um, the first two years between, and obviously it's kind of a weird thing because we started in April. It's kind of a, a when when do you start counting sort of thing, right? For a mm -hmm. year, but um, for the for the first two full years, right between April and April and April and April, probably hit about. That was a full burp during that talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for everybody listening to that conversation. <laughs> just burp through that. <laughs> full John Mulaney Gross just talking yeah. through my words. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> probably hitting about 700 barrels for the two first years. And then, yeah. Obviously, this last year has been way slower with everything, but even with four year or four months out of the year of 2020 not really producing anything we've had quite the year honestly october i worked pretty much every day but 
five, including weekends and stuff, just keeping up with the demand of the fall. Wow, that's that's yeah. uh that's a, a whole lot of beers going. I like the idea of having like a five barrel system like that though, because then you're not having to work too yeah. hard to get through things. You're able to put a lot of different things on. You're able to to rotate, and you're not kind of finding yourself, you know, some yeah. places that are are maybe your size oversized, and now they find themselves with. 15 20 barrels of a beer that they don't know what to do with and i still do that with so we have in our system we have a five barrel brew house but i have three five barrel fermenters and three 10 barrel fermenters sure which obviously right with the scale of everything if you get something you want a lot of double batch it good to go and then i have a 10 barrel bright very simplistic brew house awesome to work with honestly neil thank you again my patron saint of brewing at this point uh, pays my bills and pays for the brew house. What else can I say? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So no, it's been, it's been awesome to mess around with. And like, but even sometimes I get, I get a 10 barrel batch of something and it's even at that point, it's sitting around just a little bit too long. So yeah, five, five is definitely the sort of the sweet spot with some things. Yeah, no, that's nice. And and that ABE system, which which again, Abe out of Lincoln, Nebraska, it is a pun that they are American beer equipment. Abe out of Lincoln. Because yeah, yeah. we love our puns. <laughs> We're the worst. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't I I don't think we've ever explained it on the pod, Tim. Um for the idiots of the world like me who may be listening to the pod, five barrel, ten barrel, we we said we talk about it all the time. Oh, so yeah. I don't know that we've ever actually explained like what that means in volume or any of that. Um, so can you can you give us the the idiots guide to what the hell all that means? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Taryn, do you want to do you want to take that? I. I mean, do you want to get into gallons or hecta or liters? I mean, that's really the, the this is America. It's gallons here. It's America. <laughs> so I believe I believe gallons is on the short side. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's like just under thirty gallons and just over thirty-one liters. Because it really also. Oh, go ahead. Swap. It's thirty-one Swap. gallons Swap. for a barrel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I. You know what? <laughs> Again. The thing with American units is you never know if you're on the the, the high side or the low <laughs> yeah. side. But um, but it's always the right side. Well, <laughs> you say that, JT. You say that. <sighs> but yeah, no, you definitely... Um, so barrels is obviously the brewer's preferred unit of measurement for the amount of beer you're manufacturing. Usually just for, just for scale-wise, it's either... 29 liters or 31 gallons approximately and you're sort of you're sort of dipping your toes into something that at least approximately is connected between the two because like 29 and 31 close enough right you can kind of assume based on what your unit of measurement unless you get within the you know hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands that's that's a whole other territory but once you once you touch those two at a barrel or five or ten barrels, 
you're kind of still in the same territory. So which is why it's used. Okay, so in a five barrel brew house, you've got 155 gallons of beer then. 150, 155, depending. Yeah, right. yeah. You you think about that as as if your standard keg is a half barrel, fifteen point five gallons. Right. Okay. Right. That's or or, or uh, <laughs> a case equivalent. So, like on the retail side, they they don't talk barrels; they talk case equivalents. So, on the retail side, they're going to say that's thirteen point seven eight cases. Is is a barrel? Because they're the worst, but I don't yeah. want to get that. <laughs> Thirteen point seven eight. Okay. So, Thirteen point seven eight cases so is one barrel. Seven. Yeah. Right. So, so when you say the... thirteen and three quarters. Yes. Just okay. Snack that. And... So when you say that it's a five barrel brew house, hundred fifty gallons, is that the finished product amount, or is that Usually just because you're going to, you're going to overshoot your amount in your boil kettle for a little bit, just because obviously lost volume for boil and all of that stuff. So usually, yeah, my, my estimate is based on the end amount I'm going to get. Sorry. I am real burpy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Promise. That is not a usual problem I deal with. Uh, Sorry, better unit burpy unit. It's burpy yeah. unit. <laughs> burpy tonight. Units? That's yeah. the name of the podcast. <laughs> I'm rewriting it. Rewriting oh. the name. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's definitely very much what you're looking for to get out of the other end. So I deal with quarter barrels is my usual like kegging measurement of everything. We don't really do a lot of cans as as you all saw, and what we'll get into in a little bit is we do crowlers but in a smaller smaller scale the 16 ounce and 12 ounce stuff um it's very much what we what we deal with for for distributing beer outside of the 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 brew pub but we do quarter barrels so i do four barrels per or four kegs per barrel sort of my my estimate so every time i brew i'm brewing about 20 kegs right well that's all the uh somewhat intelligent questions i have for the day Um, no great question great question honestly i usually end up answering the question every time i give a brewery tour anyway because i mentioned the 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 size of the system and they're like what is a barrel yeah well it just kind of dawned on me that i don't think of all the things that we've talked about i don't know we've ever really described some of these things that we talk about all the time that's a Um, question aaron honestly and uh, I hadn't started drinking until the pod started, so I, I'm not hammered. And I actually thought I of a know that good question. I can't say the same, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm gonna. I want to go ahead and and jump into one of these before we actually do an official tasting, since we do have two. Um, yeah, yeah. I, please do. Yeah, I I want to just go ahead and and I think I'm gonna pour the. Pour the stout and save that Schwartz beer for the tasting. Because you I said so. I think that's a great qual, great, great qual. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a word that we all use in our daily basis, right? <laughs> a qual, you know, when you're qual. between a qualm and a call. That's no, what, I, I love I love that movie White Qual. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> qual it like it's hot. You know, we all have watched that movie together at the same time. Oh my goodness! The Qual so... of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you guys are all going to be sipping on the elixir stout, which 
the name of that beer comes from the fact that back in the day when all of these these miracle waters and excelsior springs were getting debunked the kansas city star which is still the 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 premier kansas city publication today put out this expose excelsior springs miracle water dubious claims was the headline back 70 years ago 80 years ago and that's where the name of the brewery comes from is this this you know debunk basically declassifying the special miracle properties of the water in excelsior springs i was gonna ask because it's not something that i could figure it out otherwise why no no it's definitely it's rooted in the history of the town without calling ourselves the excelsior springs brewing company right Mm -hmm. it's it's history it's attached to the town without just naming ourselves you know the town's brewing company which doesn't do well especially for marketing outside of whatever town you're in if you're not in a major city right so um so the elixir comes from a dubious claims about a dubious claim about the the quality of this beer it's not necessarily an elixir but it was one of the first beers we put out so we have you know a relief ipa um therapy kolsch those are names obviously for in-house because you can't put those names through the gtp they will not let you they do not want anything that's going to claim sort of any sort of <laughs> reparative measure me- mechanical medicinal ability oh, of a beverage it's healing me right now <laughs> um but yeah so the the elixir stout which you guys are all uh sort of digging in except for jt who seems to be messing with his microphone quite a bit at this point <laughs> just straight calling out on it uh, <laughs> i love it i love it hey i don't I let he, any I, sort of mouse lie I, I think i think he i think he broke something i think he definitely did um <laughs> it's actually the third beer produced for dubious claims back when we opened all the way back in 2018 i know Suo, super long ago. Um, so this okay. was actually the first recipe I wrote personally for the brewing company. Um, I needed something super dark comparatively to what we were also putting out, which was a blueberry wheat, which is our number one bestseller to this day, and our Kolsch, which light beer, small town, I have not stopped brewing it since the the day we opened at this point. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done that with the Elixir either because I wanted something that was going to be both light in ABV, light drinking, but dark enough that you're getting a nice variety to these lighter styles you're dealing with in a, a fruited wheat and a Kolsch, right? Yeah. Well, so, I, I, I want to go through this, Tim. Yeah. Okay. Because it's after having a drink or two, it's not what I I don't know that I would call it like what people would think a normal stout would be. Oh, for sure. It definitely has it definitely has like a like a German influence. Yeah, so you get a lot of that kind of carafa, but you can get like a just stack in it is, in my opinion, the 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 style classification I would give this stout is a German dry stout. Well, that's what that's why I want to go through it. It's the yeah. the second word Please of that phrase is is what I want to make sure we get across to people. All right, well, shoot, then let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, jump right in. As Please guys... dig in. I just yep. I just wanted to give that last little that nom- notification 
Yeah, um, I love it. You're talking about so. Yeah, so obviously we typically, you know, we'll we'll go quickly through this um, to some extent because we're going to do two now for sure. Um, but it, it, it's a stout. It looks like a stout. It's dark. It you know has the appearance of stout. I did not, and it, it may have been a shipping issue or or something. I didn't get much head out of it when I poured it. I may not have poured it aggressively enough. It could have been the shipping. Um, it, it can be you know. a, a a challenge, John, because you're using a, a crowler. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, sixteen ounce crowler machine. Just I'm pouring it off a tap, filling it, making sure I get it to you guys. Both in the in the amount of time I I can you know, safely send a crawler to somebody, but also, you know, make sure you guys get it. Yeah. Not, not right. like this yeah. is like counter pressure filled on a, on a rotary head filler and stuff. So you're going to lose, you're going to lose some, some, yeah, you're going to lose some carbonation along with that. So you're going to lose some. Yeah, of that for sure. I mean, no harm, no foul, but I knew there were extenuating circumstances to that. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as all that goes in appearance, it would look like a, a normal stout. Um, JT, anything to add on that? No, I mean, it, it's dark. I got a little bit ahead, not a ton of it, but I mean, there was some carbonation when I initially poured it. Now, I mean, it's not there anymore, but isn't that kind of typical for stouts to not have a ton of head? Or does depends it depend? on the stout you're getting. Like, yeah. okay, you know, yeah, it really just depends on what stout, but like this stout again, I'm not, I'm not super looking for a highly carbonated, highly like effervescent beer i'm looking for something that's going to get somebody through whatever time period it is and we were opening up in early april and i'm bringing this mid-april and it's going to be a dark beer i want to have premiered in the summer when i'm designing this thing so that was the reason i wanted to also talk about this because like we're going into a weird period where like i had two light beers and a dark beer that i wanted to have on tap the second we opened and so going into that it's like well how do you have a dark beer in the summer without not tailoring this this lighter at least in profile stout at least mm-hmm. in body so yeah. so so, so what are you getting out of uh nose guys what are you getting for aroma is your nose working jt nope nope <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, Aaron, what are you getting for a And this is where it's going to get into, uh, I'm going to make some comparisons that are going to sound probably really crazy. But this, to me, even though it definitely has those stout qualities, and, and the word that I referenced earlier was dry, and that's more in the taste side that he said. But it, it smells... Uh, it makes me think of the rye IPA that we had. Okay. Um, I don't know. And that there's just that it doesn't taste that way, but it gives you the dryness, you know, a bit rather than being slick and stuff on your, when you taste it. But mm. there's something in that aroma that, cause it's not the typical stout aroma to me of the, that you often get the, really coffee or chocolate or any of those types of aromas. It's a, I don't know what to call it, but it's not that. And it's, I don't know. What, uh, what yeast strain do you use for this 
Taryn. Oh, if you want to get into this, I need one one piece of information slash guess from you all. What do you think my base malt is on this beer? Ooh. You guys have tasted this. I want I want to know what you think I'm hitting this thing base malt wise. It's milk duds. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent milk dud base malt. Tootsie rolls. I mean it's I don't know. Like I said, I, it I no really idea. kind it's of a tip question, but it, it drinks German, so I'm gonna say Munich. Munich too. Thank you oh, for going, hey, look at that. going with Tim. 220 pounds of Munich 2 base malt for that full body, right. not necessarily super dark, but like you get that, that German aesthetic and yeah. profile. And then I actually use, um, and this was me going off what I've had available. I brewed the Kolsch and then I, I had a White Labs 029 Kolsch Ale Yeast available and I've been using that ever since for this beer. So it's okay, a second generation always at least of a White Labs 029 German Ale Kolsch Yeast hmm. for this beer. Maybe that's why I, the smell seems so familiar in some way or another. It's yeah. that it's European a European Farmhousey, funky. Yeah, a little bit of funk. Smell a little yep. bit. You're not incorrect there. And somebody, Tim, you mentioned Carafa. Carafa mm-hmm. too is one of my 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 friends in that beer. With some yeah, where some you get that malt. right, a little bit of like roasty espresso, but also cause like it almost drinks like roasty for sure. I get Doppelbacki Schwartz beer yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's it's a German ale, it's German yeast and malt forward stout with those roasty dark complexions, but that profile that you're expecting more from German beers as opposed to like an Irish dry stout or an American mm-hmm. dry stout. I wanted something that was going to be unique to us, something that I could I could nail every time, but also that was going to be drinkable light. It's a five percent beer. It's it's not anything that's gonna just smack you over the head. The body is not too much that you're gonna have one and be done. So, yeah, so just coming off my, my own experiences with Guinness and my internship there, and sort of just stepping into my own brewing field. And that's part of why I wanted to to go through it. Once I drank, took a couple of drinks of it, I was like, this is not nor a normal quote-unquote stout compared yeah. to what you find most of the time and i wanted to give it you know some justice in that respect because i do really like it um i i could 100 percent see why you would want it you know you would be able to drink this in the summer not that i don't i drink stouts all year it doesn't matter to me but this is definitely lighter um you know to drink than a normal a typical stout is and that dryness and stuff would go awesome with like say a really good mushroom and swiss burger or something and i'd say this would go well with you know, steak cutting a good fat fatty yeah. burger or something with it yeah it would be it's it's really interesting and i, I like it a lot actually well i'm glad you guys like it um yeah i was gonna ask jt but you you piped in there a little bit what do you think 
I like it. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the correct answer on what it tastes like. I it's, <laughs> <clears throat> it's very smooth. Like it's for you look at this and as Aaron was saying, you think it tastes a lot darker than as dark as it is, but it's very smooth and light and dry. It definitely tastes so dry. But as he was saying, like I was thinking, man, if I could pair this up with like a nice prime rib or a nice cut of steak, it'd be fantastic. Then to get some potatoes going there too, just like, oh my God. Now that I'm sometimes trying to think about matching your food to your beer or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a thing in wine. I think you should also do it with beer because why not? It's beer is better than wine anyway, but. 100%. You, yeah. you should always try to match everything to everything because <laughs> it's always going to either elevate or de-elevate your experience, but you're going to learn something out of it in the first place. So. Exactly. What I like yeah. about this is it's a stout that's not a peanut butter stout. It's not, or a peanut butter porter. It's not a, it's not overly powering with the chocolate like everyone likes to do. So yeah. it's very, it's subtle is the word I would use because there's something going there on there and I like it even if I can't really describe it to someone else, if that makes sense. But yeah. this is a damn good beer and I, not, I'd like oh, to try it straight from an thank app. You. And, yeah. I'm not sophisticated yeah. enough to put into words what I wanted to say. That's why I just keep rambling until Tim <laughs> comes up with a word that yeah, that's yeah, it. I was that's gonna I, I was gonna poke Tim next about <laughs> Tim, what do you think? You're the you're the uh you know fellow industry professional here. Mm-hmm. The aficionado. So I, well like yeah. I said it to me uh, it has, and I like stouts that kind of tow lines of other places, right? Like, yeah. if you would have just handed me this, I probably wouldn't have said it was a stout. I probably would have guessed something like, you know, Schwartz more beer? of that Schwartz beer type of yeah. uh, category. Uh, yeah. Not to say that I, I don't appreciate it as a stout, but I definitely get that that German influence. That For sure. Co- that cold yeast is really interesting because you get a little bit of the fruity esters coming through, which I think works great for summertime drinking, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is a very, very enjoyable beer. Certainly non-traditional, but absolutely very yeah. good. And I, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, Aaron. No, no, no I was Aaron, just going to say, no. in like a blind taste test, I would have been thoroughly confused by this beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because... it wasn't designed to necessarily be a quintessential stout like it wasn't a beer to be a stout for everybody but i was going into a market that was 100 outside of normal craft beer areas excelsior spring didn't really have a craft beer bar before we dropped in there and so going here are two here's a fruited wheat and a kolsch which is a a really good style but not necessarily something outside of macro not too far outside of macro profiles that i wanted something that was going to be drinkable something that was going to be approachable to people that necessarily hadn't come from any sort of draft craft beer perspective that was going to draw them into everything else we were eventually going to offer so that was that was my proponent with this style with this beer was necessarily being the the best stout out there was this this was being a stout that was going to bring people into oh this is what a beer can do for for beer for my profile my 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 palate well it, it, and it's obviously it has to, it's had to have worked because you're still brewing it yeah you know so yeah. people <laughs> people have to be buying it people have to appreciate what it is 
yeah. in your community, which is a, a testament of how well crafted it is because you go do something like this and I could very easily see it, you know, being something where people are like, Oh, it's not Guinness. And then they don't drink it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. so it's gotta still be a good beer for people yeah. to, to look past their, um, ingrained perspective of what a stout would should be. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's hard because so many times when you have these people that are new to craft beer, well, I mean, there's a reason you have a Kolsch and uh, a wheat beer on. First of all, you can't be that close to the largest you know wheat production and not have a wheat beer on. But also, sure. uh, uh, just because people's entry into craft beer for a lot of people is Blue Moon, so you're gonna have a wheat beer on. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of people that when they don't know what to drink, they say, hey, what do you have that is closest to X, right? Yep. And so this one, I think, 100%. Uh, you know, could get a little bit different because it deviates enough from Guinness. Although, you know, it's nice that it's a dry stuff. It's not like they were trying to do something that's a really, you know, it's not like, you, you know, you're trying to make a left-handed milk stout or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I so later, yeah, and so, and, and so you have to, to make these things that are accessible and familiar enough, but the fact that you're able to have 17 beers on tap, um, I mean, I'm sure it did not take very long before you had to add an IPA because how do you have yeah. a brewery without that was number IPA? four. That was number yeah. four. That yeah. was, that that was, was <laughs> literally like wheat, coal, stout IPA. It was, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. The, 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 Rounding out the, the itinerary of, you know, your, your, we're going to bring in beers is very much the, the hoppiest, whatever you can think of. So anymore, it's amazing if you see a brewery that doesn't have, well, first of all, it's rare to see one that doesn't have an IPA at all, unless they're like very niche and they're known specifically for being German or specifically for being Belgian. Uh, but even up here, some of the breweries that were, hey, we are a, a German ale house have started to add on IPAs just because you have to kind of fill that void. Your customers are asking for it anyway. But I don't know how many times I read a criticism of a place where like they only had three IPAs on tap. And I'm like, What? <laughs> like, only? There's, so many, uh, there's so many other styles you didn't say yeah. they only have three you couldn't get away with having more than one culture on tap yeah or three so, rock beers yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah it's like oh man they only have three rock beers it's like who's gonna have more than one rock beer like yeah, yeah. <laughs> dovetail Although, i don't yeah there is a place up here that's known for smoke but they are known for smoke and so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. aaron exactly. i just want to that was a very contented sigh that you had for a second there after you finished the last call. <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge and appreciate that. For yeah, man. Uh, hey, uh, you know, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a, a man of few words most of the time. No. Uh, so I, a good contented sigh for me is a, is believe a big it thumbs up. and appreciate it. No, I just wanted to, I just want to give you the space to maybe, you know, expand on that potentially. No. No, I longer myself. <laughs> Make me feel better about myself. Really? That's I mean, what I, was going I mean for. what if you want to feel better, here's what I'll say. Um I always do. Always. This is a, a one, I've I've said that this is a is a good beer and I like it. And I would definitely drink a lot more of it if I could get it. Um but of the things that we've had on the pod and and, and whatnot, um, it's one of my favorites that we've had on the pod. 
and you should 100% be proud of doing something different and making it work. Thank you for that. Oh, that that means a lot, honestly. That... I mean, I don't have any credibility at all, but you know. <laughs> you know what, though, Aaron, Aaron, please, whoever, whoever is cutting the podcast, take that bit out because I would like to have that sound bite. <laughs> You've got to remember, I am the beer idiot on this pod. I don't, Aaron, stop discrediting yourself for a second please so i can feel better for myself <laughs> later on so i can listen to this bit and go but he said but he said yeah Dave, hey boss you listen to ahead. what this guy on this nationally yeah. renowned podcast said yeah, about exactly. yeah 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 david if you can isolate that sigh as best you can so taryn can turn that into his ringtone on his phone <laughs> <laughs> i don't need it as my ringtone but i do need it for other reasons so <laughs> oh. Oh, what are you wow. thinking? Oh, i was just God. thinking you mentioned that for most people blue moon was their first uh actual craft beer for my first actual craft beer was a bottled schwartz beer from germany at a place on the hill in Cedar Falls, and I wasn't much of a beer fan, and I tried that. I'm like, holy crap, this is freaking amazing. And then now I drink IPAs and whatever, but I started with that. So, Go ahead. No, I'm just... You saying that your first craft beer was a Schwarz beer makes me really excited to see your opinion of the next beer that I sent you all. So... Yeah. Well, that's for later. I, no, yeah, I, was just, say, let's I just got really excited one. for a second. I was like... That sounds, I'm really excited to see what you think. <laughs> well, and that's what's, like I said, again, nice about this is this has very much kind of similar qualities to that mm -hmm. just because of the strong yeah. German influence that, that is in well, there. Yeah, Could and you... that just comes from my own personal influence of beer preference is, and just bloodline, honestly. I'm going to come from, my last name is Winnie, but my last name is comes from the Vinish family of germany that was that was what we were before we crossed over ellis island so all all german all the way down pretty much so but uh, do you so... want to tell us what maybe we should be tasting in this on the elixir stout i mean you guys kind of hit the nail on the head it's it's okay. roasted coffee dry easily easily drinkable i mean that was that was the goal with that beer it's, something it's my favorite word crushable Yes. Uh, Go fuck yourself, Gigi. <laughs> Gigi's not wrong though. Um, I hate to be the 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 it's, stickler in the wheel here, but being right isn't always the best. <laughs> Just ask the internet. Um. So before we take our break, it's we're, we're going to need a couple of minutes here to yeah. finish this beer. So we've got a couple of questions that we, we ask people or one that we always ask everybody that oh, comes no. on the pod. Oh, no. And then I have one other question like that I want to get your opinion on. Can I leave? So <laughs> the, the first question is, are you upset or not upset that uh, Kim Kardashian filed for divorce from Kanye? <laughs> My... Is is this is this real? Did that happen? Yeah. No, I I just it's kind of <laughs> wild to me because like I before this this call and talking to you all gentlemen, I was just talking to my friends about the fact that like she was one of my friends was having a Kardashian sized salad, 
and we couldn't decide if it was the serving bowl size or the same size of her, you know, rear end, or if it was just <laughs> the feet. And so it just it's wild that twice in my own evening Kardashians have come up and I can't decide if I hate my life or love my life. <laughs> um but no, I do not in any way care for the fact that she has filed for divorce because Kanye needs to get, you know, out of his own ass and deal with his own problems. Okay. Well, and then the second question. <laughs> I can't believe you asked that, Aaron. You do it. I'm totally here for this. <laughs> I had a way too in-depth response, but I'm here for it. <sighs> the second question that we, this is the one we actually ask everybody that comes on the pod. You have been marooned on a desert island. Okay. Um, and you have three to five, your choice, somewhere in that range, beers that you absolutely have to have with you. Uh, Elegash White, Two Hearted, and Miller High Life done. Do you hear how many like brewers have the same answers? <laughs> I, I'm very aware of the fact that my answer does not deviate in any way from a lot of my other industry professionals, but yeah, I I still have to try Allagash White at some point. Aaron, I have not Aaron. had it. Aaron. Aaron. I'm gonna. Ha- I have to order and I'm have it shipped because it it's yeah. not distributed. Aaron, where in are you in the United, the continental I'm, United States? I'm in Washington State. That's unfortunate for you. <laughs> Please eventually try Allagash White. Yes. It's, Had I, I been doing this podcast three years ago when I was in Maine, I would have made sure I sought it out. Not, but how did you? Because I was with family and we were drinking in by no, the case. Aaron. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and I wasn't doing a beer podcast at that Your time. name is so close to my own. I don't care. It's just <laughs> irresponsible of you to not have had Alec Ashwine at this point. I appreciate this dressing down of Aaron. I think that's that's very appropriate. Um, I do want to find... I don't know how on point of that is with the podcast, but I just <laughs> it felt necessary. I, no, um, it is. It doesn't happen very often, but I've totally deserved it more than once. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great. And I, we do need to get Alan Gash White. JT, have, I can't remember. Have you had it before? No, you have an no idea. it's actually, it's kind of funny. I was talking to Mike. Uh, <laughs> I after Mike yesterday. I'm like, dude, what do I have to do to get an Alan Gash White? And he's like, it's so hard to get here in Iowa. I wish I could. And if Mike can't get it, then I don't know how I get it here. But There's yeah. some websites that you can order it from that it can you can get it shipped to you. Okay. I think well, on Allagash's Twitter page, they plug, put that you. out with what states could get it. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe two or three months ago now. And I know Washington was on one of those beer shipping websites that I could get it. And it's, we've just never done it on the pod, so I haven't ordered it. I just, Tim, how have you led both of these other people astray <laughs> for so long? Well, I've no, I've I, we've talked uh, about that Allegash is right a on lot here. of excuses for no reason. <laughs> we've talked about it. We've tr- we actually had tried to make it be a beer for did we try to make that a beer we had in the live stream? Well, I suggested it for the live stream, and then you I think you guys settled for it for uh celebration instead. Yeah, and then no one could get celebration in Florida, so it didn't really, <laughs> it didn't really seem to Who's matter. Who's get celebration in Florida? Celebration's a great beer, but like it's really good. Yeah, no, it's so, 
I um, mean, one person found it. Apparently, it's just not as prevalent. For my, for my own interaction with for Elagash White, though, so when I lived in Philadelphia, when I was getting my, my master's stuff dealt with for brewing science, the bar literally a block and a half from where my apartment was always had a keg of Elagash, Elagash White on. Didn't matter whatever else they had on tap. It was just always Elagash White. And I've never been so spoiled in my own goddamn life. Well, Taryn, I, I will make sure that whenever we finally do taste it on this pod, I, I flag that episode for you so you can hear I, the reaction. Tim, <laughs> you don't know how appreciative that I am. <laughs> the only way I would be more appreciative is I was honestly here and you sent me also some Allagash wine. Because <laughs> I haven't had it in too long of a time. So... So, all right. Well, with that undressing, I guess I need to go get uh, more clothes back on. And so we're going to take a break. (laughs) And then we're going to come back with the second Dubious Claims beer right after you hear from our sponsor. Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great and Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. And welcome back. We are still with Taryn Winnie. We're going to have yet another uh, beer from his brewery, which I'm sure will be delicious. But first, I want to remind you to check out the tailgatesociety.com. Do all of the other downloads of podcasts. There are numerous and so many that I'm not going to try to name them, much like all of the podcast places that you can find bitter units if you search us and apple or whatever you can find us just strictly as bitter units but make sure you still peruse the people with the tailgate society as well lots of good writing as well there so uh, take advantage of all of that free content um also well i think i forgot to mention uh our sponsors deadeye barbecue sauce uh, which you just heard from and then also the american home brewers association Make sure you sign up, and when you do, go through the link on our website, bitterunits.com, and uh, you'll get 2,500 discounts of locations or locations that give you discounts and whatever through that, plus the magazine, uh, digital copy, or physical. If you like to have paper in your hands, you get to make that selection when you sign up, Um, but visit them the American Home Brewers Association. And with having said all of that really poorly, we're back (laughs) to drink more beer. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and pour it? And while we're pouring it, Taryn, without giving too much away so we can experience this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Tell us about this. Of course. Um, So you guys are probably diving into, you guys are obviously diving into the, uh, the German black lager that I also sent you all. 
um, because I'm nothing if not generous. <laughs> we do all. appreciate this. Yes. And I do love my dark beers. So honestly, it was more of a two for one. It was like, hey, how can I tailor the conversation to exactly what I want to talk about? Um, <laughs> but no, so I ended up brewing a Maybach, which I know was early for the season, and wrapping it up back in late December. Um, mainly prepping it for having it available for this spring and all the and I I really do enjoy collecting and reusing and having the ability to sort of dive into those those secondary profiles from a yeast generation that allows some diversity in profile and taste. We we use that German Bach yeast to make the Schwarz beer, German lager. And really it was just I have this available, this yeast, eventually in a couple of weeks. What can I use to produce a beer that I, one, would personally like to drink, but two, know would benefit my my customer base, my drinking community that I, I am serving as the head brewer for Dubious Clemson's Excelsior Springs, Missouri, and was a dark beer with the the profile of a dark beer without the heaviness or any sort of backlash of a dark beer when you're drinking it something that is going to taste roasty and coffee and necessarily those those profiles that you're getting from a beer that is as black as a schwarz beer without necessarily fighting the heaviness of a lager or a a porter or a stout. So, is this, is this that that uh, that eight thirty three yeast, or is this something different? Uh, I, it might actually be an eight thirty three. Let me let me just snag some some white labs. It might actually be an eight thirty three. Let me yeast yeast vault ale lager show styles. Because I know they had that other southern German one, 838 or something like that. But 833, I think, is the one that we, you know, that are the equivalent used on. on yes, 833. Exactly. So you you nailed you got it in one, Tim. I'm very proud of you. Uh, that's going to be the last thing I'm going to guess. I'm batting a thousand so far, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm going off on a high. You've got note. Munich. You've got Rafa. Really, yeah. honestly, Tim, you need to I'm, I'm get done. out of my brain. <laughs> I'm going out on top. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I should just, like Costanza, I should just get up and walk out of this movie that's right. right now. Going out on top. <laughs> But, uh, so we'll jump into this. The uh, you know, from an appearance standpoint, it is dark. Also dark, yes. Though, if you hold it up to a light, you yes. can, in fact, get light to go through it. Yes, it's a very, very, very dark amber red. Is it you get ruby? Ruby. Yeah, ruby. That's a good. Yeah. Good word. Yeah, ruby, ruby, ruby. Um, I mean, it's you got to hold it directly up at the light to to see that, but it's it's definitely there when you do. Um, 
I did get some head out of this. Um, when I poured it, it dissipated fairly quickly. Again, that's canning and shipping and everything else that goes with it. Um, but it's still uh, retaining a nice ring around the edge, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it, still a little bit it hasn't completely gone away. Um, so it is holding on to some of that. You're right, JT. That's the same experience that I'm having with it. So, um, JT says his nose is working on this one. So, JT, yeah. I'm going to let JT, you please. go for aroma first. <laughs> well, honestly, JT, JT, please walk us through everything you're experiencing this year. Honestly, it's, it's, the first word that came to mind was roasty. Definitely a little coffee, but definitely roast is what immediately came to mind. Sorry. Like I, when I was a kid, I loved walking when we would be in the mall when malls were actually a thing, even before the pandemic and they weren't dead. Uh, I always love when we go to the mall, we'd walk past the store that had all the coffee beans and you could just smell that nice roasty, malty. Oh, it's just such a good smell. And I definitely get a hint of that with this. I, it's very pleasant and I'm glad I can actually smell a beer for the first time in our entire history of doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have, I don't get much out of this. I mean, I get the roasty if I take, but it's very mild um, to me. It's not for sure. It's not a strong scent. When I first smelled it, I was going to revert back to beginning of podcast Aaron and just say, it smells like beer <laughs> um, because the the notes that are in it are are very subtle, um, very mild. Even the roastiness, while there, it it's not overpowering. It's a pleasant, as JC said, JT said, smell not not a punch in the face type of smell. So, uh, Tim, yeah, I I definitely get that roasty, but it is a a more delicate. Right. There's there's yep. definitely uh, yep. more nuance to this. I get a little hint of a of a sweetness, kind of that. Uh, uh, I don't want to say chocolate, but you get kind of like this. This just mild sweetness on the nose, um, but it's not overpowering or or anything like that. But it, it definitely has a little bit something that's not just roast in there for sure. Yeah. So. I guess right. now I, I get to drink it, right? Yep. Yep. Please, please do. JT, I see you chewing on that. What are what are your thoughts? It's not as dry as the stout we just had. Uh, it's a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. I guess it does. It, there is a lingering finish where it does get a little dry. Like honestly, the weird thing is, if you told me if you told me to ask which one is a stout and which one is a Schwartz beer. I probably would have risked the two, to be quite honest. Sure. But it's it's really close. It's not a definite, like, night and day thing, but it's kind of like uh, 52 versus 48%. Uh, I'll go with this, but I like it. It's it's still really subtle. And once again, I'm happy it's not, you don't get all the chocolate and all the typical ones you get. Definitely, I could see why they call this a black lager, because it definitely finishes clean. Um. Well, yeah, it's just it's subtle, but I it once again it's really freaking good. So I'm glad that you sent me two amazing beers that I wouldn't normally have. Awesome! I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad you like it, JT. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, there I don't. Yes, you get the the roastiness uh, of it in the taste, and that's all. For some reason, my brain that's all I can think of is this is just a. It's a roasty lager. 
you know um and i know that's kind of cheating because it is we, we already said that it's a lager but yeah you take a good solid just straight lager think about what that is put a roastiness to it with some dry finish and this is kind of what this beer is um it's really fantastic i mean and and drinkable and uh you know but i just i don't know i'm a little lost for words of how to describe it other than that it that's what it the taste i get is it's lager for sure but with that bit of roastiness yeah no i think that's i think that's perfectly fair i think the thing that i like about this sometimes uh i what I don't get in this that I sometimes get in some Schwartz beers is because they're using a lot of that roasted malts, you almost get a, like a slight astringency, and that's not present here at all, which is nope. really nice. You get, you know, some hints of sweetness. Like JT said, it's not like it's coffee or chocolate, but I'm getting like a hint of like chocolate covered cherry, like the right amount yep. of of that quality that I like there. That's not, again, it's not like cherry heavier or, you know, super super uh estuary but you're definitely getting you know i i can see that that 833 coming through uh for sure where you're getting that similar kind of box but i i would agree yeah. with what what jt said of honestly if you would have asked me which one you were calling a stout i might have swapped them <laughs> um it's just totally fair and again these were developed years apart so mm -hmm. like huh. honestly even if i had to like sort of pinned the two between styles and all those things i probably would be on the same boat but the the elixir style at this point has been such a a both a name stay and a a house beer with our, our patrons and everything that yeah it has its place in that but the schwarz beer has been an, a new enough addition one because i can get people to drink a light beer in winter with the roasted qualities of it, the, those those dark caramely, those things that you guys sort of pointed out with what makes it, you know, a lager, but also these other things is great because, hey, I'm getting people to consume things that they necessarily wouldn't in this time of year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like when people say, I don't like dark beers. I'm like, that doesn't really tell me anything. What is it that you don't yeah. like about them, right? And yeah. there's a good chance that I could probably find you one. You know, I love kind of that that mindfuck of, of, you know, blonde stouts or Schwartz yeah. beers where one yeah. looks like it's going, you know, yeah. when you yeah. compare the two. And this is definitely more, drinks more so like what you're thinking of when you say... Light well, beer. German, yeah. Oh yeah. If but, this was so, if this was a golden color, it would not surprise you if you no, were in a blind taste yeah. test. You tasted it, and it came. You'd be more surprised that it's dark probably than so if it was my golden. My favorite mind fuck beer that I produce that came out honestly pretty recently ago, probably early December. I don't remember the exact date, but is a. A combination of the the Rogan beer and the Weish beer styles. It mm -hmm. is a German rye wheat. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it is okay. a unique adventure into a a little bit 
dark, a little bit spicy, but like full bodied enough adventure that you can kind of get into it from wherever you're coming from. And I have gotten so many. Well, I drink Miller Light or I drink Bud Light or drink Coors Light drinkers to come in and go, oh, well, we don't have an equivalent and we're technically out of our equivalent beer because I had to brew that to draw in those drinkers, those those consumers. Here's this dark-ish beer color-wise, but Profile is a super light, easily drinkable beer. I ended up calling it a Rogue Vice. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So it's a rye wheat in the, the simplest of terms. Technically, Vice is wheat and or white in German, but... It's a it's a rye white beer that has done incredibly well for my demographic. I don't know if I sent it to any of you, but no, I, 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 say, have, I feel yeah. like you need to. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe after we get through all this, but <laughs> yeah, I no, I'm... the dark beers because the dark beers is sort of my home territory. But like that was one of those things where it was like. Yes, I have these, but I also have the ability to like draw people into, you know, not necessarily dark or light beers, but maybe you kind of like both. Maybe you actually like beers that aren't just your home comfort territory. Please, mm-hmm. please, please like beers that aren't your home comfort territory. So, yep. For sure. Um, I want to know. When are you going to make, as a kid who grew up in Missouri, when are you going to make a beer that has Milo in it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about Owen? Because that was in fields and dusting up the sky everywhere when I was a kid. Milo. Uh, I could sure. take the easy route and just say... Never. Are <laughs> well, because I'm again, I'm prefacing. <laughs> I could, I'm not, but I could. Our E Town, which is our Excelsior Springs local, is a has a sort of mash yeast use of ale and lager yeast that could classify as a Milo, but. Maybe this summer, maybe the summer, Aaron. <laughs> I had to, I had to satisfy your specific request. I mean, it, <laughs> wouldn't it give it a just a beautiful red color? You know, I, I guess. I've never really liked. So, have you had like sorghum beers, Aaron? No, I have not. So, uh, you see a lot in 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 the. Um, in the gluten-free zones, yeah, and it's not ones that are using, sure. uh, you know, they're not using yeast X or other enzymes to get rid of the gluten. They're brewing Firm without gel, gluten, whatever. and they're doing these sorghum beers. And I got to be honest, man, they don't taste like beer. They taste like someone trying to make beer that doesn't have gluten, which isn't the same thing. <laughs> um, so so uh, it's like meatless bacon? Um, maybe not that, that bad. Okay. 
I wouldn't classify it as that bad, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. So. That's, uh. Yeah. No, that's two good beers. I'm glad. I salute you, sir. Well, see you back. So thank you. Yeah, no, I I'm uh, I'm really happy we got a chance to to try both of these. It's fun to to do too. We don't often do that. I I just really appreciate though too that you know, Taryn, you and I have followed each other on Twitter for I don't know how long, and I've never known a thing. A good never, while. Yeah, I've never tried your beer. I don't know what what I didn't know what it was. So it was fun that it gave me an excuse since I don't make it back down that way anymore. Uh, well, I we're just, gonna we're gonna end up. Having, we're gonna have to do a live pod from Dubious Claims. Yes. Yeah. And we're gonna put JT up in the hotel in the haunted room. I live in a haunted house, man. I'm I'm game. I'm very for this. I'm very here for this. I've worked for a ghost hunting group before. Now we just gotta figure out how to get a sponsor that can afford that can pay for all this shit. Yeah. If if you want to get like Ghost Hunters International, JT, can you uh, (laughs) see if you know anyone that does that, and we can go out there. They make us go on an investigation, and those are boring as hell. You don't hey, want. Hey, hey, Neil, <laughs> boss. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we just like stack these three boys up in a uh, house in the elms in one of those rooms? I don't have the, the currency for that, but I'm sure you do. So, <laughs> oh, I I appreciate the shout out. Plus, uh, it'll hey. be. It'll be a good way to know if you actually listened all the way this far yeah, into the yeah, podcast. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, with his face in the logo on the logo, he definitely should have because of muffing him at this point. He needs to know exactly what I'm saying about him. So that's it's, true. it's like it's like a book report. You ask very specific questions to see if he actually paid attention. <laughs> exactly. And if he did if he did really well, he gets a little tiny personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. I love it. Haven't we all got a little personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut? So. Book it was the shit, man. I love that. Book I, it, yeah. I, yeah. I don't yeah. keep it the thing anymore. But you guys like the beers. I mean, that's that's huge for me, honestly. I, I could go to bed right now and be fine for the evening. I'm I'm, I'm just settled. There so. you go. Here, well, here's, uh... an, here's a million-dollar idea. Instead of book it, beer it. You read a book and you get a free beer or you get a free crowler or something like that. I don't think you could pay that much. <laughs> like, uh... it feels... Because <sighs> you're going to get subsidized by any state for that. Yeah, that's true. There's no, there's, there's, there's no like encouraging adults to read subsidiary out there. There, there maybe should be some. Yeah. some no, I'm not serious. Online, and I think that there one hundred percent should be a, a subsidiary <laughs> to allow adults to read for the first time in twenty years. But <laughs> and I never learned to read. Yeah, exactly. Which is that true? Poetry nerd in here, by the way. The what? The poetry nerd. Are any of us poetry nerds? Somebody oh, did poetry he... somewhere. No, I he read, he read, in, the, he read the bios. I did the... read the bios. <laughs> oh, that's on. right. I am a I published poet. Bios. You know what? Aaron, I am too. And I, you and I wrote a poem for my girlfriend. And they published it. I, I wrote one. Oh, I wrote a series of poems in high school. And one of my friends, how that happened is one of my friends absconded with the whole collection and sent it into a place 
unbeknownst to me for a long time and it was and it got published nice was this the the wilton durant advocate because i got published in there as well no no this was (laughs) this was some magazine or something i i actually have never seen it so he just told he told me about it later so i read these and like attached myself to the poetry so like that's not that's not a thing i'm dissing anybody on (laughs) <laughs> also i posted myself i just wanted to, i was curious honestly i i posted that to the website and i didn't even bother to read it so taryn i'm, <laughs> I'm impressed hey tim you know what somebody has to i'm glad i was the person to sort of acknowledge those things you put down there so. yeah yeah at, at least there's there's someone's reading the website one, right? i finally got around to updating the website i'm glad someone got some use out of it Hey man, I just I I want to know what I was dealing with. So, <laughs> well, I hope that gave you enough well, information. Nothing prepared you for what not we did all, to you but, at all, but not at all. But I had a good time anyway. So, oh, awesome. Well, uh, I guess with that, anybody uh, have yeah, anything you else? We're, we're the beers or closing anything, in or? on. Probably Whatever close to an hour and 45 so. minutes here. Yeah, so. we should probably get this thing in the books. But, Taryn, I wanted oh, to give you an opportunity to kind of oh, no. plug, oh, plug no. anything that you guys have to plug or anything you want to talk about. If you want to throw out your guys' social media, any events, any new beer, whatever you want to talk about, just give you the floor for the next whatever minutes you want to take. I'm going to take, like... Maybe half a minute. Check out Doobie's Claims on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, whatever you're going to social media wise. Um, Probably not any of the ones I'm on. Please don't look at me. Please don't acknowledge me as a human existence. <laughs> Mortifying your deal of being known and all those things. Never acknowledge me ever again. Um, but uh, yeah, just please just check out what we're doing, what I do with beer. That's fine. Sure. Never acknowledge me as a human being again. That's cool. Bye. <laughs> That's I've, already given, I've already given your Twitter handle. Uh, and I, I, You know what, Tim? I really hate it, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to deal with it. <laughs> it's too bad because when we release this, we're going to tag you in it too. And, and... I really appreciate that and also hate it, so it's fine. All right. Well, perfect. A little bit of both. A little bit of, <laughs> a, little bit of a, a, little bit of B. Awesome. Awesome. Well, with that, we appreciate you sticking around for another weekend listen of debauchery from us three yahoos here at Bitter Units. Um, again, rate, review, subscribe. We have our own feed now, Bitter Units, on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Amazon. What am I forgetting? Something. Um but anyways, you know what I, I'm talking I about. I download right? the episodes and put them on cassette tape if someone wants to go ahead. and <laughs> You've <laughs> upgraded from 8-track? <laughs> but uh, check us out in all those places. Obviously, please, rate, review, subscribe. Download. Uh, do we, Tim, did we put a link for comments, uh, email, or anything on the website yet? Yes, there is a contact us page, so please. Okay, so in your in the contact us page on our website, now that we've gotten that update, finally, Tim, um, yeah. reach out to us. Let us know if there's somebody specific you want us to try to get on. I can't make any promises because we don't know anything, um, and we don't know anybody super famous, probably. 
But, uh, you know, if there's somebody in the industry that you want us to try to get on, we will sure do that. If you are in the industry and you want to come on the pod, you can reach to reach out to us through the contact us page and we will be glad to talk to you. Um, if you have ideas of topics for the episodes or specific questions such as well, how many barrels um, is in gallons is in a barrel and all of that kind of stuff like we talked about tonight because we talk about it all the time and we haven't ever really explained it. And you're like, you assholes never explain anything and you want it explained? Contact us at bitterunits.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.